Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, monkeys. Uh, Here we are in the midst of award season, and my favorite award show of the season is coming up this Saturday as you listen to this, I hope. The Independent Spirit Awards on Saturday. Live on IFC and Facebook Watch, hosted by Aubrey Plaza. The organization that puts on that event, Film Independent, is a terrific group of people who encourage and support and help finance independent film from around the world. And I am talking to the president of Film Independent, Josh Welsh, about the terrific nominees at the Independent Spirit Awards this Saturday, as well as the state of independent film as it stands now, and also a bunch of other stuff, including... A band known as Meat Yard. Oh. Uh, look fairly well rested for somebody who's probably a little crazy right now because we are literally talking one, two, three. As we release this, it will be just a few days away from Saturday. Yeah. The big Independent Spirit Awards, which is one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you today. Are you holding up? You okay? I am holding up. I've had a lot of coffee and, um, <laughs> I'm not down on the beach. Our production crew's been down there since the uh, last weekend in the rain where we actually build out a massive tent and a, right. and a complex of tents where we put on the show. So it's, uh, they're down there in the cold and the wet. Yeah, this has uh, consistently been, uh, and clearly you guys didn't learn from a few years ago when there was just like, it was raining like crazy. Yeah. But you were thinking, well, that'll never happen again, <laughs> right? We've had a few of those, you know. Yeah. So we produce a live television broadcast in a tent on the beach in February. It is a terrible idea, <laughs> but we keep doing it year after year. I was going to say, at some point, did you think maybe we move it indoors? Uh, we don't construct this thing? I mean, yeah. it's unique, and, and that's... That's kind of the spirit of the Independent Spirit Awards. Uh, I don't want to talk trash about other award shows, but I do. Oh, we're going to. I'll do that. Okay, good. I do go to other award shows, and you're in a hotel ballroom, and they bring out the rubber chicken, and it just feels like very, you know, it can be a nice night, and great people win awards, but they all feel the same. And with the Spirit Awards, as crazy as it is to do something on a tent in the beach in February, it really has become who we are. Yeah. And even the wet years, um, which this one, this year will not be wet, thankfully. Um, even, Cap- capital even W, capital good. Y, the wet years. Yes. <laughs> uh, I, I, I hope that you guys progress to the point where you're going, you know what, let's do it out in the desert and do it like Burning Man oh and God. just like build the, the you know, giant walls yourself. I actually something. love that idea. <laughs> okay, thank you. Don't forget me. <laughs> Uh, it you know I get excited. This is this has been consistently probably my f- most favorite award show. If I even have a favorite, it would be because it's this kind of one. It's this nice middle ground where 
uh, the Golden Globes is something. I don't know what that is. It's this weird, irreverent, uh, drunken thing <laughs> where they're and it covers movies and TV. Yeah. Uh, but it's also got this formality to it, while it's also re- weird and loose. Uh, the Oscars are not the Oscars, and I, I've loved watching that since I was a kid. I've been a movie fan forever. Uh, you guys kind of split it right down the middle for me, which is it's still irreverent. It's uncut. It's mm-hmm. on IFC, so yep. there is language. Yep. Um, it's an adult show it's and very presentation. Much an adult show. Uh, but the the subject matter of the films and the the depth with which you go into those subject matters, as well as um, there's a lot of new talent. There's a there's always been a lot of diverse talent in a time in our lives where we talk about diversity. It seems like all the time in yeah. media and film, film independent has been all over that for years. So promoting diversity and inclusivity in film has been part of our mission for 35 years, as right. long as the organization has been here. And you definitely see that at the Spirit Awards. And let me just say, we can still go further. Independent film, is, I think, is much better when it comes to diversity and inclusion. But even in that area, there's still work to be done. But yeah, if you look at the Spirit Awards, I, I'm really proud of this year's nominations. Oh, we have man. three of the five people who are up for Best Director are women. Right. They're up there because they made incredible films. And, and could have easily, should have easily been in those other places I mean, where absolutely. they weren't. Yeah. I, I, let's go over Best Feature right off the top because uh, this is such a great overview of yeah. what Film Independent and the Independent Spirit Awards are. First of all, Eighth Grade, it is such a remarkable, A, debut, and debut B, feature. just yeah. such a powerful, I am not... I I was never uh, a little girl in eighth uh-huh. grade, yeah. <laughs> but I was in eighth grade, yeah. and the combination of terror and angst and then just love and joy that I've experienced in that little movie yeah. was it, such a power. It, it's it's deceivingly powerful that movie. Such a great film. Um, really speaks to independent film and what it does so well, where it's discovery. Both it's a, it's a brand new writer director, Bo Burnham, Bo Burnham who is known on the uh, stand up comedy yeah. scene. And he turned around and did this beautiful it's his debut mo- feature, right? It's his debut feature, and it's definitely got a lot of humor, but it's so moving and personal. Yeah. Uh, and then Elsie Fisher, the lead actress, who I don't know how old she is, maybe fourteen or fifteen. She's incredible. Yeah. So yeah, it's a great one. Um, I, I'll skip over one because I want to come back to it. If Beale Street could talk, which uh, is just a natural to be in there. Yeah. Barry Jenkins again, uh, just this beautiful, poetic, powerful. Elegant, gorgeous, gorgeous film, film. and and yeah. again emotionally wrenching. Yeah, and uh, that whole cast. I mean, just yeah. on and yeah. on. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I'm talking for yeah. you right now. Uh, <laughs> I'm nodding. <laughs> here's a movie that is prime fodder for the Independent Spirit Awards, and again, maybe should have deserved a, a little bit more attention in the others. But Leave No Trace. Tell tell me about that. One. Leave No Trace is an incredible feature film directed by Deborah Granick. Uh, she's made a handful of films. Every time she makes a film, she gets nominated for a Spirit Award. I mean, she's really one of the she's one of the great directors working today, yeah. without a question. This is a this really beautiful film that has at the heart of it a father daughter relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's also about being disconnected, uh, uh, PTSD, uh, yeah. the environment, and being out in nature. I mean, it's got yeah. all these deep resonant themes. 
but a story so simply and delicately told is yeah. remarkable. Ben Foster plays the dad. Uh, he's got PTSD. He's clearly, you know, a vet. He's, they don't spell out what his background is, but you kind of gather. He's living off the grid in the woods outside of Portland, and he's raising his teenage daughter. She's about 14, played by this amazing actress. Another I amazing young New actress. Zealand, yeah. Thomasine McKenzie. Um, and the two of them just have this incredible rapport, chemistry, way of way of acting together. Um, Deborah Granick, of course, uh, you know, one of her previous films, Winter's Bone, was Gen- Jennifer Lawrence's mm-hmm. first film. So Deborah really has an eye for discovering new talent. And I can't wait to see what Thomasine goes on to do. Absolutely. And, th- and that's pretty much been the gap between her filmmaking is Winter's Bone and this one, right? She so. did a fantastic documentary a few years ago called um, Stray Dog, okay. um, which is really great. Uh, now, one of the only one of the five movies up for Best Feature I have not seen yet because it hasn't been readily available is You Were Never Really Here. Um, tell me about that one. I, I, I know oh, just this much about it. It's, it is another female oh, director, correct? Another female director, Lynn Ramsey. Uh, it is a um, beautiful, harrowing film. It stars Joaquin Phoenix. Um, very, very dark subject matter. Um, incredible level of craft and filmmaking. Um, I wish more people had seen it. It did get a theatrical release, but, you know, the marketplace is so crowded now yeah. and the big tent poles are dominating the theaters. Right. And this film... This is truly um, an art house movie. So this, it was like little independent cinemas. That, yeah. That even in L.A., I was like, where is this thing playing where I can yeah, see it? Yeah. yeah. But it is absolutely worth seeing. I mean, mm. she's one of... She, again, is an... Lynn Ramsey is one of the great directors working today. Joaquin Phoenix, this is one of the best performances of his career. Oh, man. And, and I left first Reformed for last just because basically we're talking about almost the paterfamilias yeah. of independent film. Paul Schrader, yeah. um, which, again, in terms of diversity, he's an old man compared to you know, some of these <laughs> this new talent. Yeah. But I'm still grappling with this movie in, in a good way. I mm-hmm. mean, I haven't been able to stop thinking about it. Um, I don't even know how yeah. we tell people about it without kind of giving away too much almost. Yeah. It is an incredible film, and, and I love the fact that Paul... So Paul's been nominated for Spirit Awards uh, going back to the late 90s. Right. I think he's been nominated for four different films. Um, you know, he did Light Sleeper and Affliction, and, um, you know, he's, he... I mean, his work has a real range to it, but he definitely specializes in films like, you know, Taxi Driver and Raging Bull that he did scripts for where it's about, you know, films with a kind of a a male protagonist, lead male figure who's grappling with some serious kind of existential issues Mm -hmm. and grappling with himself, grappling with God, um, you know, grappling with mortality. And this is all in this film where Ethan Hawke, I think, Ethan Hawke has always been a great actor, but I feel like he's just growing into this like mature presence that is unbelievable. And he's so powerful. You know, he's playing a pastor in a upstate New York church, kind of having a severe crisis of faith. And um, And, again, an amazing performance with amazing direction from Paul Schrader. And when we uh, stop recording and get, uh, turn the microphones off, you're going to explain the last part of the movie to me. (laughs) Wow. Um, You know, so first of all, best features. We went over the, I'm not going to go over every category here, but uh, which one of those is going to win? Go ahead, Josh. You can tell me. It's already decided, right? (laughs) It's, uh, I, yes, the the votes have been cast and got your uh, little book there. Go ahead. We'll find out on Saturday. Tune (laughs) in to IFC or Facebook Watch, uh, where the the show is going to be streaming 2 p.m. Pacific on Saturday, the 23rd. All right. Fantastic. Tell me about uh, some of the other categories, uh, some of the, some of the big surprises, some of the things you're really excited 
about, you know, films that you're hoping get some more attention. Sure. Um, Because we don't have time to go through every single one of them. But what's really exciting to you? I guess one of the things I love most about the Spirit Awards is discovery. The fact that we recognize people for their first film, where it's people that, you you know, don't have big names yet, but they... They come out, and when you look back at the history of the Spirit Awards, like we gave the first award to people like Spike Lee or Spike Jones or you know Charlie Kaufman, where right. they Ava DuVernay, she a few years ago she won um, the John Cassavetes Award, which is an award that we give out to someone who makes a movie for under five hundred thousand dollars. She won the Cassavetes for her film Middle of Nowhere, and of course Ava DuVernay now runs the world, which is a good thing. <laughs> yes. And um, so that's what I love about the Spirit Awards. So right. if you look at um, the best first feature category. Which is a great category to have, just it, to highlight new talent. Yeah. And that is, to me, is, I mean, best feature is, is the big one, but to me, best first feature is the one that I always look at. And all these films are great, but the one that really stands out to me that I've been thinking about since I saw it in January is Boots Riley's film, Sorry, Sorry to, to Bother, bother you. you. I'm so glad you said that. And this movie, I mean, it's just bonkers. It's I could not begin to summarize it or give the logline of it here, but it's this incredibly inventive, visually wild film. It's got Keith Stanfield giving an amazing performance as a telemarketer. It's funny. It's weird. It's completely original. And to me, when I saw it, I was like, okay, this is independent film. Like this person is doing something new. And I haven't stopped thinking about the film all year. It 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 kind of wears its l- lower budget on its sleeve, but mm-hmm. in this most incredible creative way. I've tried to describe it to people like if Michel Gondry didn't have any kind of effects <laughs> budget and just kind of did it all practical or whatever, yeah. but still kind of did these it amazing does. things. And and also just its subject matter is so so timely. And um, yeah. and boy, talk about uh, somebody who's been around and in. Entertainment. Boots Riley has been involved in in music and, and mm-hmm. producing so many other things. This is a real visionary kind of thing here. Yeah. So yeah, it's things like that where the Independent Spirit Awards really gets to underline some of this incredible talent. You don't jam anything into the commercial breaks and miss the yeah, opportunity. That's and right. by the way, congratulations on being able to find a host. I heard it was very difficult yeah, to find hosts yeah. this year. This year they were in short, in short supply. supply. We, I volunteered for every show. <laughs> Nobody's called me. We, you know, so yeah, we have Aubrey Plaza as our host this yes. year, and I'm I cannot tell you how excited I am. I mean, Aubrey Plaza is amazing. She's a great actor. Right. She She's, she won a Spirit Award last year for um, Ingrid, Goes, Ingrid West. Goes West. Right. Um, she's very funny. And the thing I hadn't really known about her before is she's a complete film nut. She's a true cinephile. I didn't she know has that seen either. all the nominated films this year, not just because she's the host, but because this, these are the films that she, she loves. She just does. And she has been working so hard on the show. She's, we've given her real free reign. At the Spirit Awards, we're not a terribly scripted – I mean, we're a scripted show, but we give the host a lot of creative latitude. And when we hired Aubrey, we said, we'd love for you to host it, and we want you to make it your own. And she is really taking that and running with it. So That's I think great. we're in for a, a real treat. She's also got a, ver- a lot of very funny uh, creative friends probably yes. to help her out on, on that. So yes, there's going to be – I can't wait to see – who and what shows her, up. <laughs> her friends are in the show, and it's it's going to be amazing. We're yeah. talking about the Independent Spirit Awards, but Josh, you are the president of Film Independent, mm-hmm. which is the organization that essentially is behind putting that on, as well as so many other things. Um, let's talk about Film Independent a little bit. You've been sure. the president how long and been part I, of this? I've been the president for about the last six years, mm-hmm. but before that, for sort of the decade before that, I ran what we call our artist development programs. And these are the programs that are incubators for new up 
up-and-coming filmmakers. So we have a, a whole suite of programs that run all year long. They're not as public-facing. We're not as well-known for them. But this is really the heart and soul of what we do. And the Spirit Awards is actually a fundraiser that makes possible our year-round work. So we have labs for writers, directors, producers working in film, television, fiction, and documentary. It's, I love working here. It's, it has a lot of the same qualities as the Spirit Awards. It's, you know, we, we don't take ourselves too seriously. We're not a stuffy organization. We're very, anyone can join. We're a membership organization. Mm -hmm. We welcome film lovers, filmmakers. We're not the cool club. You know, we're not the academy. We're not hard to get into. I, I take issue with that. You are the cool club. <laughs> I'm not sure the academy gets, gets that moniker anymore. Okay. Yeah. So well, you said that, but that's, well, I like it. <laughs> but, um, Having the opportunity to to get to know filmmakers when they're just starting out and giving them – filmmakers need mentorship and support and nurturing. Um, they also need cash. We give, Each year we give out um, cash grants and production grants to the filmmakers we support. Last year we gave out just over a million dollars worth of, of grants. It's, it's Honestly, it's an honor to be able to work with these filmmakers and then see what they go on to do. Um, in fact, this year in the Spirit Awards, one of the documentaries that's nominated Minding the Gap by Bing Liu came out of our documentary lab a couple of years ago. And this is a film for your listeners who haven't seen it. Uh, it's on Hulu. It's an incredible film, beautiful documentary. It's up for an Oscar. Yeah. Um, it's really one and of probably the- going to win. I, I mean, I think it's I mean, it's it's getting so much buzz and it's <sighs> and it's. It's crazy how simple and, again, just kind of simple and powerful it is yeah. because this guy kind of documented his life with these yeah. these other friends around him. None of them are people we know. They're not famous, although they are types that we probably know. You're going to be able to relate to this, and you kind of see them age over time and where they were then and where they were now. If you've ever had a group of close friends when you were growing up yeah. and compare your lives then to what they are now, you're going to, it's going to resonate with yeah, you. Absolutely. But boy, it's really, it's a, it's a kick in the, in the gut. It yeah, really is. Really powerful. Yeah. Oh man. Um, the other thing I'd tell you about film independence. So in the last week, We've been around for 35 years. We're based here in L.A. We, you know, for many years have served the L.A. film community, and we continue to do that. But a few years ago, we expanded our programs internationally. And for three years, we've been working in the Middle East and North Africa, working with younger up-and-coming filmmakers from nine countries in that region, which has been a great experience for us and I, and I think also for the filmmakers. This year in 2019, we're expanding into South Asia. So we're going to be working with filmmakers in India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, Sri Lanka, and Nepal. Our mission is to champion creative independence and visual storytelling wherever it lives mm -hmm. and to be able to, you know, that filmmaking has changed so much in the last few years and in the last 10 to 20 years has changed where the tools of production right. are just the so, advent of digital filmmaking. Yeah. The, the, the accessibility, the fact that people are making really good movies on iPhones and, exactly. and get, they get seen and they get distributed. Yeah. That you can tell stories now without having to spend millions of dollars and have bulky equipment and have lighting yeah. kits and all that thing, that has to open a lot of doors it, to, it absolutely to people does. around the world. Yeah. And so we're, we're able to connect with filmmakers in very different parts of the world. We bring them to L.A. for a six-week residency. We help them develop their new work. We introduce them to the filmmaking community here. And really, we're trying to create a community of artists around the world. And that's, that's really our mission. Yeah. You know, the state of movies is in such flux right now because of the way we all consume media. It's changing. You know, major motion pictures have become these big tentpole events, and that's 
practically all you go to see mm -hmm. in theaters these days. Uh, tell me about the state of, of independent film as far as that ha as far as that goes. I mean, has that hurt? Has it helped that people can watch so many movies at home that they'll actually see, you know, on a big screen in their living room, right. something that's a little more intimate? Is there a I guess it, are are people turning to independent film more now because of the fact that they can do that at their leisure and on demand as opposed to having to go to a theater to see something? You know, or, I think it's, it a, it's a great question. Yeah. Um, look, the studios have such a narrow business model right now. They make they make money and they make tons of it. And they do it by making these tentpole, you know, the superhero franchises. Um, they make they make the studios make fewer and fewer films every year. Right. And the films they make are bigger and bigger. And the scale of that business is massive. And, you know, financially, I get why they do that. And frankly, I enjoy a lot of those movies. But audiences need more than that. Right. And there's a huge I can tell you there's a huge appetite for it. Um, as tough as the film business is, Film Independent, we're a membership organization. And in the last five years, our membership has more than doubled. And it's a lot of the people joining are film lovers who are looking for where can I see these films? How can I, how can I get access to them? How can I learn more about independent filmmakers and what's going on, right. as well as support from, you know, for filmmakers themselves? And I think audiences, they want to see this in theaters. But yes, they also want the, the ease of access of being able to watch things on Amazon Prime or Netflix or Hulu is incredible. And I will say those companies right now, and this is, you know, there's definitely people argue about this, but my view is those companies are doing great work in the independent space right now. When you look at the people running those companies or making creative decisions, the fact that Netflix got behind Roma and Got that right. film out in the world. Right. People complain it didn't get a more proper theatrical release. But that film, Quaron went to Netflix and got that film made at that company. It, and it got eyeballs on it. Yeah. I mean, I think people were curious about it. And I, I think, you know, even you say five or, or ten years you know, ago, if a really – great independent film was made it might be in an independent theater and, it, and if it doesn't get crowds right away it might disappear after a yeah. week and then you'd have to wait for it to come out on some sort of you know video format and there is at least accessibility to and, and especially because art house movies tended to play on the coasts and if they yeah. did okay maybe they would get distributed around to other cities so it seems to me in theory anyway that independent film is getting more eyeballs. I on think it, it is, uh, I, it, unquestionably, and I, I think especially with documentary people. Documentaries oh, yeah. having this renaissance, and people, yeah, people who don't live on the coast, people who are not in New York or L.A., they can see Minding the Gap. Yep. They they can see these films. It's in their Hulu feed because it's in their Hulu feed, yeah, which no. is I think it's really exciting. It is exciting. I, I mean, I like to think that that's what's happening. I, I, Like you say, your membership growing and people with an interest in it, not just being involved and in actually being physically in the business, but yeah. just because they have a thirst for it. Yeah, absolutely. What about the future? I mean, it, it, impossible to predict, Josh, but I'm making you do it right now. I mean, how... What happens with this business and uh, television? I, I, I've yeah. talked so many times in this room about that before. Television has gotten better and more challenging and, and pushing envelopes and, and storytelling is changing. Uh, and I feel like we're kind of starting to see a little bit of a uh, more of a gray area between what is what is independent film, what is independent television, you know, how stories are yeah. told. We're seeing eight hour movies being made, yeah. you know, in a sense. Yeah, absolutely. I think TV... 
I see so many more filmmakers coming out of independent film and migrating into television very quickly because there's that great work being done and there's yeah. there's funding and there's the ability to to pitch new shows and get them made. Jill Soloway um, a few years ago made a, a little independent film called Afternoon Delight. It was a great film. It was her, I think, it was her first indie feature, and she immediately pivoted into doing Transparent and you know other shows. Right. And she's really become like a leading figure of of independent television. Um, but it's complicated because television inherently is not independent in the way that film is. Like you, you need a bigger corporate infrastructure once you're in TV. Right, if you have right. a broadcaster, it, it, you're immediately de- dealing with bigger budgets, bigger companies. And I do think it's – even though there's great work being done, it's inherently it, – it's harder to go out and just make an independent TV show. Right. The way it's you not a singular a, vision right. like, like, a, like a film can be. Yeah. Um, but but I think the future the future is definitely impossible to predict. When I look back <laughs> at ten fifteen years ago, like we're talking like right, you know, that's the window of time that we've had Facebook in our lives, and you look at the impact that's had. So what's going to happen in the next ten to fifteen years? I love the theatrical experience. I am very nervous for it. I think what's going to happen with movie theaters, you know, it's be, everything is becoming more eventized. It's getting more expensive. But I, I see enormous opportunity, too. And again, for us at Film Independent, the ability to go out internationally and connect, I think what you're going to see in the next in the future is going to be it's going to become much more of a global marketplace. It's going to, everything is going to become much more international. And I'm hoping that we're going to be able to see more international content here in the U.S. Right now, it's so limited what gets foreign films that get released in the U.S. It's, it's a small fraction of what it used to be. But through streaming platforms now, I think I'm hoping that you're going to see the same renaissance of international foreign fare that you see with documentary. Absolutely. Um, it, it, you were talking about the theater experience. Uh, even my, I, you know, I'm such a purist because I, you know, grew up in movie theaters and that was where I was every weekend. Yeah. And, you know, I went to film school and I got super snooty about it and I, t- I shush people. <laughs> I make them turn their phones off. I am, the, with you. I am the worst in meaning that I am the best uh, yes. because I want, I don't want any conversation. <laughs> I want to focus. And I love the big screen and being in the dark. Having said that, I am now finding myself i remember very specifically going to see the big sick in the theater because it was one of those smaller independent films that they just did not release on demand right away they they gave it a theatrical Mm -hmm. run and it was and it lasted there for a while and it felt weird it was a small intimate story yeah i was in a crowded theater oh that's great and it was such a it was a dynamic I hadn't felt in a while. Yeah. I was like, I'm watching this very small story told in a room with a whole bunch of other people. Um, it felt unusual to me, and I'm and I'm the one usually being the jerk about, you know, <laughs> go see it at a theater. Yeah. Uh, it's changing the way we, you know, consume this stuff. So here in L.A., uh, Film Independent, we have a program called Film Independent Presents, and it's a, essentially it's a year-round screening program. It's open to the public, but it's uh, most of the audience tend to be Film Independent members. We give them first crack at it. And we screen at the Arclight Cinemas around town, mainly in Hollywood. And increasingly, we've been including television in our programming lineup. Mm -hmm. And it's really interesting to watch a television show with an audience. It's a totally different experience. We recently screened um, a couple episodes of True Detective, the new season. Back when Mad Men was still on the air, we screened the final episode. We did kind of a live simulcast of it. We screened the final episode down at the Ace Theater. And it was watching that with an audience was so cool. Yeah. And it's like something you, when you're watching it at home, it plays very differently. So Completely. we're experimenting with that. And I think um, bringing TV into a theatrical mode as well as 
features into the home is yeah. is a, a fun thing. That there could could still be event TV is is, yeah. is the, an interesting way to blow that out. But it seems to me, in terms of uh, independent film, there's still always going to be a need for uh, a self-contained, you know, ninety minutes to two to two and a half hour mm-hmm. story. Uh, that is one continuous experience that you can't pause and you don't talk to anybody about. I mean, I think of Leave No Trace in particular, one of your nominees. Yeah. There's there's such a pace and there's such – it really sinks in and it – and you need to be immersed in that color of all that green in Oregon. Oh, and incredible. Um, yeah. To not see that in a theater would be a shame. So, yeah, I agree. Josh, I'm going to ask you a couple of personal things about yourself. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, <Lord>. really. Uh, <laughs> I love this. You earned your Ph.D. in philosophy from yes, John Hopkins University. Which, uh, I, it just goes to prove that <laughs> you can get a philosophy degree and actually do something <laughs> <laughs> because that sounds like a stand-up comedian's, yeah. uh, you know, joke about, oh, uh, you know, a degree in philosophy, you know, which Starbucks is yours or something like yeah, that. Right. Um, how, what do you do with a philosophy degree and end up in this film world? You know, it was a, it, I, my life took a swerve, but um, I always, okay, when I was in high school and in college, I loved philosophy and movies. I was kind of obsessed with both. I majored undergrad in philosophy, but when I graduated, I was on the fence between getting a PhD in philosophy and you know, kind of going the academic route or going to film school. And I chose the academic route. So I went to Johns Hopkins. I got my PhD. I taught briefly, but the whole time I was doing that, I still loved film and I was having doubts and... Um, you know, circumstances brought me out to L.A. and I just said, you know, I'm going to pivot. I called yeah. my thesis advisor and I said, I got to, got to tell you, I'm, I don't think I'm going to be taking that job in Kansas to teach at the, at the college there. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to stake my claim here in L.A. and I've, I've never left. I won't keep you too much longer. I will. Uh, I do also have to bring up the alt country band <laughs> Meat Yard, which it says in your bio, you yes. are lead singer in your spare time. Of the alt country band Meat Yard. Check it out. It is true. Uh, Meat Yard is my musical alter ego. I don't have a lot of time for it, but um, yeah, I write songs, play guitar. Um, Meat Yard is an unofficial band. It's a group of people who get together. We've recorded a couple albums. They're on iTunes. They're out there. You can check them out. But uh, I can't wait. Do I have your permission at the end of this podcast to layer in some Meat Yard? Feel free. All right, quick questions, quick answers. Yes. Uh, favorite philosopher? Mm, Wittgenstein. Oh, what? <laughs> all right. Let's all pause to go Google that for a second. Okay. Uh, favorite big budget popcorn movie of all time? Of all time? Yeah, just off the ah, top of your head. E.T. Oh, nice. Uh, favorite obscure snooty movie that nobody knows of all time? Well, you love to drop the name know of. this, but Chris Marker's La Jetée. Oh, uh, see, okay. <laughs> Again, something else to Google. Damn it, Josh, I feel so <laughs> stupid in front of you. Uh, you have to go up and sing a karaoke song. Go-to song is? Oh, um, Chris Isaac. Uh, Wicked Game? Wicked Game. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, doing a little sultry <laughs> thing there. And uh, have you ever, I, this is, I am legally obligated by my overlords to ask this question because of the name of the podcast. Uh, have you ever considered working with a monkey? <laughs> have you ever? 
<laughs> have you ever... Have I ever considered working with a or monkey? Or have you ever actually had an experience with a monkey? I have had an experience with a monkey. When I was 12, I was bitten on my index finger by a monkey named Corky. <laughs> oh, you remember the yes. monkey's name. I will not forget Corky. Do you, do you want to explain S- the circumstances camp, or leave it? Oh, okay. You know, there was, was a monkey in a cage. Some... I put my finger in the cage. Oh. He bit all the way down to the bone. Yeah, it was not oh, good. Oh, this is a... No. But I like monkeys. Well, me too. That. Yeah. But that's amazing. not a good story. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did, did he at least wear a funny hat? Or? He did not. He was a little oh. mean little spider monkey. Okay. He just, oh, uh, you spider know. monkeys. All right. Uh, remind everybody about the uh, the indies or the spirities or the, the, what do we call them? The, the Film Independent Spirit Awards are airing <laughs> Saturday the 23rd, 2 p.m. on IFC uh, if you're out here on the West Coast. Or you can watch it live on Facebook Watch. That's fantastic. Yeah, please tune in. Josh, I am so excited about what you guys do. I love that Thank you're you, just Larry. you inspire me just being a few floors above us here uh, in the giant you know radio uh, death yeah. star um, it's the best building in LA <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot going on here uh, have a great event thank I you check the weather in Santa Monica at worst you've got partly cloudy skies yeah it might be a little chilly turn the heat lamps up a little bit definitely uh, everybody who's going wear a jaunty scarf or something <laughs> just in case and have an, have an amazing event. I hope you. I hope it's just a, a blast. I know it's Thank stressful, you, but I hope it's a blast. Yeah, I think it will be. And uh, at the Spirit Awards, we have a dress code, which is wear clothes. Yeah, it's part of the reason why they don't invite me, apparently. <laughs> Josh, it's been a pleasure. Thank, Thank you so you, much. Larry. Not every love is the truthful kind. Not every love lasts forever. Here we are if you want it now. Feel any better How many nicer people Than we might be Make their own funny deals Anyone gets lonely Sha la 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 yeah Sha la 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 Sha la 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 Oh This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.